0: When Carly was in grade 3, she got her first pet, and she wrote about it in her diary.
1: Dear Diary, today is November 2nd, and I got a pet caterpillar. I found him on the floor of our garage. I put him in a special bug-finding jar, and I put in some sticks and some lettuce. He ate a lot, and he went to sleep early. The thing is, it's 2 p.m. and he's still sleeping. He died. He died and left me heartbroken. Carly.
0: That's Carly, remembering her first and perhaps shortest-lived pet. I'm Dan Meisner and this this right now is Grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. How are you doing? This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live at the York Theatre in Vancouver, we have a fictional diary of a tugboat, a letter written to a future husband, what it's like to be the sixth prettiest girl in your grade, and much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and even though most of it was never intended to be read aloud, there's a lot we can learn by listening to it. So think about who you were when you were a kid and stick around. Some kids are very intentional about keeping a diary. They keep a strict schedule, they write consistently without fail. Other kids aren't so rigorous. Their diary entries are a little more sporadic, they come in fits and spurts, or they only write when something interesting or noteworthy happens in their lives. When Marlene was 12, she started writing a diary in her Saskatchewan wheat pool notebook. And as you'll hear, the first thing she did was set very clear expectations around just how much effort she planned to put into her diary.
2: Okay, first diary, book one, The Coming Grade Eight. I have decided to keep a diary in here, today. I'll write in it when I feel like it, but probably not every day, though. (laughs) I've been meaning to start one for the longest time, but I didn't know I would start it today. (laughs) I have just finished writing a story, almost 10 pages, about some mice. It may be weird, but it will do. (laughs) I was going to write another story right here, in this book, when all of a sudden I started a diary. (laughs) Okay, 10 pages in. Guess what? I've written 10 pages already (laughs) for one day. Of course, this is the first time I've ever written in a diary. I don't know if I'd go all the way yet. I doubt it. I'm sure I'd go halfway, and even over, maybe. Okay, this is uh, book two. I think I'm in grade nine. A few details about the party might be interesting. It started off by pizza making and a little bit to drink. Then some of us started playing strip poker. (laughs) Marta and me added extra clothes. (laughs) The boys were cheating, and everyone started arguing. And thank heavens, because my shirt or pants were next. (laughs) Not that I was going to take them off, but still. (laughs) Then we start playing spin the bottle for kissing. (laughs) If the bottle landed on you, you had to kiss every boy in the room for five seconds. (laughs) The first time I fell and kissed Horace in the eye, Embarrassing. Pretty soon I got used to it. (laughs) Then we had it so that people who got matched up had to go somewhere and neck for five minutes. I got horrors. (laughs) And though I didn't think we would, we did. It was the first time necking for me. It wasn't bad. (laughs) Okay, quickly from... uh, This is book four. I think I'm grade 10. Here I am in another book. One of these days, I might get a regular diary. I'm in the KCI. I guess I'm different, not so sick. I always play ping pong with the boys. Good way to meet them. I guess I've really changed. I'll go with anyone who's nice and not too ugly hope to start a new year with real diary until then. Thank you.
0: What I love about Marlene's diary is how like, writing a diary just snuck up on you. <laughs> When our next reader, Carly, was in grade three, she kept a diary. And at our Vancouver show, she shared a few entries, beginning with a short poem.
1: Roses are red, violets are blue. This is my diary, and it's not for you. (laughs) Dear diary, as you know, my name is Carly. I'm eight, and I'm in grade three right now. I'm in the combined grade three and four class at school. That means I'm a smart kid. (laughs) I love to sing, and I like to read, which is how I decided to get a diary. Well, diary, now stuff gets really juicy. I like someone who sits next to me in class, and I'm just so embarrassed I can't even say his name, so I'll write a fill-in-the-blank for you. B blank, 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 blank. (laughs) Today is October 14th, 2001. For Halloween, I'm being a cheerleader, and just to warn you, diary, I'm that type of girl. I'm very athletic. Sim is being a black cat, and my other friend is being a witch. Isn't that so first grade? (laughs) Oh, and Diary, I always like to remind you this. I do not like Luke. He loves me, loves bugging me. Well, now that that's settled. TTYL, Carly. P.S. A few things that I forgot to tell you. My favorite color is lime green, and my favorite symbol is a smiley face. My favorite words are sweet and antelope and my favorite saying is how hypothetical. I have a sweet tooth and 11 cavities, that's about it, Carly. Dear diary, I have to narrow down the amount of boys I like. On the next page I'm going to put down all the boys in my class and make a graph to try and figure it out. Dear Diary, it's been two weeks, so I updated my graph for you. (laughs) Love, Carly. Dear Diary, I don't know if I ever told you, but I have my own fashion. I'm not into stuff like long jackets and all the latest fashion trends. What I like is tie-dye t-shirts, baggy jeans, you know, way out there kind of stuff. (laughs) Dear Diary, today in class when I got there, I found my worst nightmare waiting. Mrs. S. had switched our spots where we sit, and I don't sit beside Jay anymore. Well, there's nothing I can do about it. I remember when I was little, I was always scared that someone would break into our house in the middle of the night and kill us. But now I have more important things to worry about. <laughs> Spelling, clothes, grades, and Jay. Love, Carly. <clears throat> Dear Diary, Guess what, I'm a rebel. I took all of these quizzes that told me so. I also found out from them that I'm a flirt, I like funny guys, and that Jay likes me. Well, gotta go, Carly. Dear Diary, you probably noticed that I'm handwriting now. Just a quick note to say that all I can think about is Jay. It's like one of those love movies where you're watching it, but you can just never guess how it's gonna end. The plot thickens. Do I hear wedding bells? I feel like a teenager. I can't wait to see what I'll be like in high school. Thank you.
0: When Brittany was 13, she wrote a letter to her future husband. Sealed it in an envelope. No one has ever heard this before. And her husband is in the audience this <laughs> afternoon. Please welcome to the Grown Ups who Things They Wrote his Kids stage, Brittany.
3: To my future husband... I do not know who you are yet, but I long for the day that we will be together forever. I just want to let you know that I love you. You are my heart, and when things get rough, you keep me going, knowing that someday I will have a future with you. I'm 13 years old right now, and I haven't met you yet. Or maybe I have. I'm not sure, But whatever the case is, I am so happy that I get to marry you. You have all of me, including my purity. I am a virgin. And I pray that you are too. And tonight, on our wedding night, I have a present for you. It's my purity ring. I just want to let you know that I love you and I'm so happy to be marrying someone as wonderful as you. I know you'll be wonderful because I'm quite picky. (laughs) So if I picked you, then you ought to be perfect. Love your future wife, Brittany. P.S. I hope you don't take this lightly because I'm giving you my body My mind and my soul. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Like I mentioned on stage, Brittany's husband came to our show in Vancouver and he heard Brittany's letter for the first time along with everybody else in the audience. After the show, Brittany called in to reflect on that letter and the experience of sharing it on stage.
4: I can still see a lot of myself in that letter today, and it's mostly just in terms of the hopefulness that I have when it comes to marriage and romance. So we've been married for five years now, and sometimes it gets tough, obviously, but I still carry that same hope, and I still see marriage as something that's beautiful and that should be cherished. So hearing the letter for the first time, my husband thought it was pretty cute. he was kind of embarrassed for me and nervous for me to read but um he didn't know me back then so it was really nice to be able to share that part of myself with him and uh, yeah it was just a really special opportunity to do that
0: Not everything we hear at Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids is funny. Sometimes people read writing from the more difficult parts of growing up. When our next reader, Sentony, was 16, she says she hated her life. And she wrote about those feelings in her diary. A <clears> quick <throat> heads up, these diary entries mention depression and suicide. There's your heads up. Here's Centeney.
5: October 4, 1984. I hate it when people talk about me behind my back. It makes everything worse. It makes me look so silly and feel so stupid. Who knows, maybe I am and I'm finally realizing it. Then there's my name. I hate it. I don't think I can get anywhere with it. People always look at me funny when they hear it. I don't even like to say it, much less spell it out. October 9. I feel so sick. I'm not getting things done, I watch too much TV. Plus I don't feel like doing anything or thinking. I don't study as much as I should and I'm letting things pile up. I just don't seem to care as much about anything as I used to. October 11. Still miserable, maybe even miserabler. (laughs) Nobody cares about me at all. I seem to hate everything now. I don't care about anything. Everything bad seems to be happening to me today. I've never felt like this before, and I hope I never feel like this again, if I ever get out this time. Everything anybody says seems to make me sick, and I've been crying more than I'd like to. That makes me sick, too. I'm so confused. I don't know what to feel, what I should do, how to get out of this depression. I don't have any tolerance for anything. The first and probably worst thing that happened today was in PE. I want and always have wanted to do well in PE, but things never turn out. I'm always the leftover without a partner. Now I realize that every other time someone asks me is because their partner is away or something. It's so embarrassing telling the teacher that I never have a partner. In other words, no one likes me. I'm really an outcast. Always has been in P.E. October 25. Oh boy, do I feel lousy. I don't feel like doing anything, not even writing this. I just feel so down and I don't know how to get out of it. I don't like anything. I don't even feel like washing my hair or taking a bath. I came home at 6 p.m. today because of the volleyball game that didn't make me feel any better, but worse. So depressing. I just feel guilty that they lost, but it's not really my fault. Well, it could be, and that's what bugs me. My conscience can get guilty so easily. And I'm so afraid of people who get mad at me. It seems like nobody likes me anymore. It's hard to tell anyways. I'm even beginning to think that my teachers hate me too. I don't know if I'm getting paranoid or if it's true. I just feel so bad I can't emphasize it enough. November 3, I've never felt so suicidal before. Today, I really see the uselessness of my life. If I think about it, there is nothing that I have to live for. What makes it worse is I don't think anyone would care if I died anyway. Today, just waiting for a bus, I thought of so many things, sad things. I can't see why I have to put up with so many pains. For what? It's not worth it. I don't know what to do. I thought it was bad last time, but it's a thousand times worse now. The really sad thing is, nobody will ever understand or believe the way I feel, much less care. I am on a train bound for nowhere. Just a little while ago I was thinking so many things, but now I can't remember them all. So many feelings, pains, realizations storming my head at once. I was thinking a lot about death while waiting at the bus stop. Right now, I'm as afraid of life as I am of death. I'm kind of stuck in nowhere. All of this Christmas spirit and cheer bugs me because I can't feel it. It seems as though I'm deprived of all happiness because I'm not good enough for something. In everything I do, I feel as I don't belong. I'm just extra, in the way. I feel like everyone and everything is against me. November 7. Oh God, I'm really hopeless. I can't do anything right. There's nowhere I can go where I won't get yelled at, not even school. God, I feel miserable. I can't stand it. I don't know why I carry on with this if I can never be happy. There's absolutely no one on my side. While waiting to cross the street, I see the cars swoosh by and I think how easy and fast it would be. Right now, I just have so much pain and fear stored inside me. I keep hoping things will get better, but it just gets worse. Why is everyone, well, not everyone, but some people, hating me so much? I often wonder if I'm a really horrible person, or else why does everybody dislike me? I wish I could just see myself from someone else's view. Maybe I would even hate me that way. Thank you.
4: I'm looking back, what strikes me about my teenage diary is what a different person I am today. I've really come a long ways. Uh, I definitely remember feeling those feelings deeply, um, but uh, I am a completely different person. I've really come a long way. I always knew I had this journal buried amongst my stuff, but I was actually afraid. To, to go there, I knew it was very dark, and I didn't want to relive those days. But um, I turned 50 this year, and and I have new courage. And uh, um, I I wanted to share this piece with people, and especially young people, because I want to show that I'm living proof that you can come out on the other side. Um, that life is always the best option you can go from the lowest lows to to having a rich, wonderful life. Um, and i I hope people keep that in mind. Okay, I think that's it. Thank you very much. Bye.
0: When Luke was 10 or 11, he kept a journal. But it wasn't a journal to chronicle his own life. Instead, it was a fictional journal written from the perspective of a tugboat working in the Vancouver Harbor. Please welcome Luke to the Grown-Ups who thinks They Wrote his Kids
6: stage. It's called Life at the Harbor with Timmy the Tugboat. <laughs> September 5th, 2006. I started my new job at Vancouver Harbor. I couldn't believe how heavy the ships carrying imports from Japan and other countries were. (laughs) January 13th, 2007. Today I met some really smart seagulls. They told me that sulfur is used in creams and potash is used in (laughs) fertilizers. I didn't know that. I hope I meet some more smart seagulls like them. March 21st, 2007. Today was the worst day of my life. In the morning, at about 9 o'clock, I was mauled by a flock of seagulls. No, not the band, the real bird. They were literally screaming, mine, mine, mine! I was scared that they would tear me apart just for the fish on board, but luckily, I scared them off with my horn. Ugh, I hated that. May 7th, 2007. After tugging in container ships from Japan and Taiwan, I got some time off to speak with Q. You know her, right? The gigantic letter staircase people go up and down? It's the Q by Lonsdale Key. (laughs) For the first time in my life, I finally got to know her very well. There's three things I know about her. One, her life is awful. I would feel bad, too, if people went up and down me all day long. Two, she stinks, probably from the cigarettes. And three, she doesn't ever get time off. How awful. June 29th, 2007. School's out. Oh no, that meant kids rushing down here and chucking peanuts at me. Fortunately, I scared them off with my horn at full blast. That's a good kid weapon to use in the future. Ha 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 ha. July 1st, 2007. It was Canada Day. I couldn't believe how much treats I got. That will keep me going for months. I even got to be on a float in sing Canada, but I still have this sinking feeling. I'm sorry. August 26, 2007. R.I.P. Timmy the Tugboat. Born 1990, died 2007. Timmy got run over by a container ship. He will be loved and missed by all. Mayor horn forever toot. Thank you.
0: The seagulls giveth and the seagulls taketh away. For some kids, becoming a teenager is a big deal. Going from 12 to 13, it's a milestone. And our next reader, Cassidy, shared a few entries from her diary written just a few days before and a few days after turning 13. They have to do with fashion shows, school dances, and boys.
7: Before I start, I would just like to have you all keep in your mind that I am now super gay, so this makes this even funnier. May 1st. Okay, I haven't written in a few months. Anyways, in three days, May 4th, I'm 13. Yay. But that's still in the future, and so is the Boundary Grade 7 Showcase. In case you have no idea or don't want to know what the hell my Boundary Showcase is, I'll tell you. And if you don't want to know, why are you reading my journal? Anyways, the Showcase is a big after-school show with grade 7s modeling actual brands of clothing and serving actual non-alcoholic beverages. <laughs> Too bad. And there's also a talent portion where my friend Haley is singing, but unforge, she has a bad singing voice. <laughs> but she's convinced she could win Canadian Idol. I'm a better singer, and people would probably throw eggs at me. Just kidding. Not. Anyways, it's not my prob, and I'm not going to tell her that's for sure, but I am a commentator and a model, so watch out, Tyra Banks, here comes Cassidy. (laughs) May 7th, my first official entry as a teen. Yay, on May 4th, I turned 13, but the most exciting thing is my plan to finally win over Devin and get him to go to the end of the year dance with me before Lee asks, ew. Lee actually kind of asked me out, but I used the, I'm not allowed to date yet excuse, so he thinks I want to go to the dance with him, but I really don't. Really. Anyways, if we even have a dance, I'm planning, with the help of Melissa, to ask Devin. Here's the plan. Okay, Devin is in me and Melissa's socials group, so on Thursdays, we basically talk the entire time. So, anyway, last Thursday, my birthday, we mentioned that there were two mystery girls in the class that were going to ask him, me and Asaka, who also likes him. Anyways, tomorrow I'm going to get Melissa to go up to him and say, okay, I'm probably going to get killed by Cassidy if she finds out I'm telling you this, but she was thinking of asking you to the dance, but I need to know what you think and if you're going to say no, because she should know if you're definitely going to say no, so the whole grade doesn't find out. So what do you think? There, I'm going to get Melissa to say that, and hopefully it'll turn out good. Cross your fingers for me, and sometime later I'll post what happened. If I get rejected, I'll ask Taylor or Connor but I don't have to try to win them over, because I bet they'd say yes. Anyways, I mean, not to brag, but I bet I'm in the top five prettiest girls in the grade. And if not, I'm number six. But there comes complications. If Devin says no to me, he'll also say no to Asaka, and Taylor is both our backups, and he'd probably rather go with me because he apparently checked me out once, and he's really talkative with me. But say Asaka asks him first without knowing that I'm gonna ask him, then I have Connor, but I can't ask Connor because Kelly likes him, and as a first choice, not a backup, so I'd be a mega biatch if I asked him before she did, or without her permission. So in that case, the only thing to do is to get my friends to help me, and I'd make a list of all the available guys that aren't horrifying. The problem is most of them are. I mean, if I were choosing by personality, then it wouldn't be that hard. But when you're in the top six prettiest girls in grade seven, looks are everything. June 4th. Okay, so it's been practically a month. Well, he said no. A big, fat no. I have decided that it's only grade 7, so who cares? I'm not going to the dance unless someone asks me, and I'm kind of over Devin. Thank you.
0: That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Our show was recorded live at the York Theatre in Vancouver and was produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullitone. Our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. If you want to know about upcoming live events, the best thing to do is join our email newsletter. Just visit grownups.fm and click newsletter. That way you'll be the first to know when we're coming to your town. That's grownups.fm and click newsletter or even easier, use the link in the episode notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.
3: including my purity.